What's up, chat? Hard Panda here. Today we are joined by the most loveliest Canadian that I know, Mr. Wildez. Yes. Hello, hello, chat. <laughs> uh, so we have done this once. Um, which this is going to be a running theme for a couple of these. We've done this before. Um, but I wanted to get Wildez on here because he has some of the most entertaining Tarkov content. And really, like, I've seen some of his non-Tarkov stuff too, but, like, it's just, he doesn't do what everybody else does. Everybody can post a gameplay clip. Everybody can post a VoIP clip because everybody has those experiences. But what differentiates that from like content creation is like being able to go to the base form and make something new even if it's based off something old and seeing your like work like tarkov workout videos where you're literally it's literally you in the gym doing things that you do in game but like it's it it cracks me up every time how does that how does that come about like what is the what is the process give me the process from start to finish well it's funny that you say that actually because me in the gym recording is probably some of the most obnoxious things that you could do <laughs> to the people around you because you're doing stuff that doesn't even make sense. Like, <laughs> I was laying on one of the benches with a big barbell pretending it was a sniper rifle. And the only thing I feel worse about than people that have to watch me is my poor wife that has to record. So big shout outs to her. <laughs> but you're never like inconvenienced. It never appears to be that you're inconvenient. Like it doesn't look like anybody's ever waiting on a machine that you're like jacking around with. No, I mean, there are suspicious things that I do, like the way that I hold those kettlebells just very tenderly in both my hands. <laughs> that people are like, huh, maybe I won't do kettlebell swings today. I'm just going to go do another machine. Other than that, I, I try not to inconvenience people. I, I think there's a respectful way and a, and a disrespectful way that you can film some of these things and obviously like if you had a home gym it might be easier to do but like some of the entertainment values and i've seen those videos of the the guys that come in and they're just disrespectful in the gym yeah for sure for sure and for me like getting back to your question about my process i usually i like to make content that i really like to see and unfortunately my sense of humor is the crude, childish, creative, but punchy in a more immature way. And I find a lot of that on TikTok, actually. Um, so I would scroll through TikTok and I would be sitting there laughing at a joke. I'd be like, <laughs> look at this guy. Uh, Asians at the gym. Uh, workouts <laughs> that Asians would do at the gym, like uh, frying the walk or like things that are very, very edgy. And I'm like, I love this content. I'm going to take this content and I'm going to make it into something of my own. So I just yoink it and I put my spin on it. And that's usually how, how I come about with the Tarkov content. People are like, 
oh my god wildez you're so creative like how do you come up with the uh, these ideas i'm like i'm just recycling <laughs> i'm just taking stuff that i already like and turning it into something that i would like in relation to tarkov sure yeah and i think that um there's an aspect of content creation that's like you want to hit the algorithm so you want to hit like the pieces that are trending right but how do you do that in a way that is unique while still being you know th the same so you have to recycle it in a way that that makes it unique to you and i i think you do that very very well thank you panda i think that one thing that i have going for me is i in a way i I care, but I don't really care about um, how viral something will become when I record it. I sure. just, it stems more from like, oh, I think this would be super funny and I'm just going to make it regardless. And hopefully people will enjoy it too. And on my TikTok, I have a lot of content that I would say is more hit or miss because especially now the tiktok algorithm is changing a ton and <clears throat> things that worked before like short skits don't work anymore so unfortunately i have to kind of change my game plan a little bit but in general I, if i find a skit that i think is pretty funny i'll make it anyways just for my own entertainment i'm the type of dude to watch my tiktoks and just scroll and be like <laughs> laugh That's at yourself <laughs> yeah you know you got to be your biggest fan you got to be yeah. your biggest fan i like that um so speaking of the of the algorithm and 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 you're talking about like short skits so it sounds like and and you and i maybe have touched on this before but it sounds like you um you do a, a bit a fair bit of research into like what is trending and i think um, there are some content creators who don't really know how to get started there. Like, what? how did you kind of start that process? Um, there's a lot of things that you do that are through trial and error. And I think that you just have to be fully open to trying new things and also changing up your content uh, and putting different types of content out there because you never know what's going to be popular, right? I had a a build video that I made and right in between I put a little snippet of me like kissing the screen just because I thought it would be funny and it would be jarring for somebody and I didn't know how popular it would be and it got really popular that I almost made like a series out of it now things got a little more suspect and more suspect so I had to kind of reel it back <laughs> Got but a little too aggressive. It got a little too aggressive. You know, I was like sitting on the camera. Ooh. You got full view of everything. <laughs> and I thought it was really funny, but like, how do I one up this? Right. But <laughs> without getting TOS, without getting TOS, without compromising my future. <laughs> but uh, I, I think there's a lot of things that you learn. Um, for example, right now, TikTok is promoting longer form content. So things that are a minute or longer. Mm -hmm. uh, and the way to achieve one minute videos is to make almost like a story that you're telling from beginning to end. Yeah. Because watch time is probably the most important thing that TikTok cares about right now. 
Um, and also they pay more for one minute videos or longer or so I've heard. I don't know. I don't get paid by TikTok. Uh, <laughs> Canadians. Thank you. Come on, TikTok. Come on. Canada's a country yeah. too. Okay. We They're, deserve the, rights. Yeah, they deserve. <laughs> they deserve payment also. Yeah. Um, there's also other things like if it's too dark, TikTok will not put it in the algorithm. Same with if it's too washed out. So really? yeah. So they know if it's if it's a nighttime <clears throat> uh TikTok, it needs to be brightened up enough that you can see everything that's going on inside. If there's any form of I would say if there's a percentage of darkness on your video, it's not gonna get pushed to the algorithm. And I've seen it tons of times really yeah so you kind of get an idea as you keep making content as you keep making content that's different from each other you'll notice trends on what gets popular and what doesn't get popular and then you kind of have like a general idea of what to do to make more popular videos um and of course i still make dark content all the time i try to make the gamma a little bit higher and it just doesn't hit the algorithm so i was trying to like as you were saying that i was trying to think back of like what my tiktok experience has been over the past week and and you're right like almost every one of my videos is either like daytime outdoors or like well-lit room or it's interesting it's not a dot i would have connected Mm -hmm. um so it's interesting to hear that perspective of like yeah if your video is dark you're not gonna which which changes a little bit especially if you're used to making like tarkov content yeah like a lot of the hallways and things like that they're they're dark so you got to figure out how to fix that or lighten it up or exactly it's 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 really interesting that you say that because that approach is the reason why in tarkov i do certain things and i don't play certain maps because in anticipation of editing content, nighttime raids, for example, I don't do those. I it's it's a very for people that play Tarkov, it can be very successful for them. But in terms of creating content, if you're scrolling through TikTok, you almost never see a night raid video on TikTok. I don't think I've I don't think I've ever seen one. Like, which is funny because like I'm sure there's really funny ones that involve the cultists or or but I, I, I don't think I've seen I think the last one I saw was probably like gosh, when when Rock Mom was still going by Rock Mom and she did like a, a nighttime raid with cultists and that was ages ago. Exactly. So a lot of the time when you stream or you're making content, these are some of the things that you have to keep in the back of your mind, like how is this going to look or play out and people ask me oh will does like why don't you want to play in like groups and as much as i play in groups a lot of the time there's there's a lot of time when i don't play in groups because in anticipation of having to have clear communications through everything not people yelling over each other these are like certain things that you kind of have to navigate navigate as a content creator and a lot of people don't understand that unless you are a content creator so right yeah, well, and even then, I think a lot of content creators, and and I don't think this is like a dig at somebody who's a who is a, a live streamer, but I think that to some degree, live streamers don't necessarily think about what it's going to look like on the edited side. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just thinking about how do I make the best content for the live format. 
And correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like the best way to approach your live content is to think of it as if you were making recorded content. That way you can hit, you know, your live content because that's flexible and you can hit your recorded content. Yeah, definitely. If, if this was maybe 10 years ago, then all that mattered was how long you streamed and the connections that you had nowadays you still need those connections but it's not about how long you stream anymore if i had any recommendation for somebody start off with short form content because it's easier in a way because it's very concentrated to a certain context or scenario learn how to master the short form content and then from there move to long form content and get used to the editing style of like longer story form or whatever type of content niche that you hit and then from there streaming should almost be like a bonus to connect with your audience off of your long form and short form content that'll always be there and constantly growing for you that's really in that's a really interesting perspective and i like that a lot because i think again i think one of the biggest struggles that you get especially if you talk to anybody who does twitch is like they understand that discoverability is a sh- is just non-existent right abysmal yeah yeah it's 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 uh, it is terrible and so i think a lot of people are like okay so what do i how do i approach this how do i make discoverability um but i also think to some degree like um short form content story form content i mean even long form like youtube content um there is an aspect of it that is a little bit easier because you have more flexibility and you have the ability to edit but i think a lot of people don't know how to edit or don't know that editing is doesn't have to be that complicated yeah i think oh sorry go ahead do you edit your own content so i edit my own content um for youtube i work with an editor so that i can write the script and then do any major cuts and then they'll they'll do a rough draft and send it to me and i'll make a full list of editor notes on how exactly i want it um so that's helped a lot because my TikTok content, I edit all of that and it aiming to be one minute long usually means that I'm spending <clears throat> almost like two hours at least editing one TikTok and I'm trying to come out with at least three or four a week. So that comes out to a lot of editing. Plus, uh, I do work a full-time job. Plus streaming it makes it difficult for me to kind of juggle and balance especially youtube content but i want to make sure i have youtube content there so um, plus you also have like a wife and i have a wife and cats yes yeah so So like the like you're trying to i mean it's essentially you're you're working two full-time jobs at this point yeah and And one is paying you to live your life and one is like (laughs) a passion project 
One is a passion project. Yeah. And honestly, I have the utmost respect for people that are full-time content creators and live financially off of that because it honestly, it sounds very stressful. Stability is, is in and of itself is just astonishing how unstable and unreliable that is and how you, you, your livelihood hinges on your ability to make the next video. Exactly. And it's almost like you're on call 24 seven. There's always something that you need to do. There's always content that you need to produce. Like I've been lucky. I've been streaming for about five to six years coming up on six years now. And it's always been a, a passion project for me. And I've seen some success. And of course, obviously the more that you work on it, the more potential you have of growth. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can make the full jump to full-time content creation. It feels very difficult. And I don't know if my heart can handle that. Okay. Let's, let's, let's frame this in a different way. If you were to make the jump to full-time content creation, mm-hmm. Would you, would it be something where you pick up more streaming hours or would it be something where you focus more on the edited content? If I was a full-time content creator, I would not stream as much. I would be making uh, YouTube videos. I would be making TikToks or any form of shorts. I would stream almost as a as a, maybe a weekly get together with the audience so we can kind of just chat it up. It wouldn't be to necessarily grow the stream, but an extra layer of kind of bonding with the supporters. Um, and I think most of my time would be spent doing the editing, the long form and the short form the things that will always be there especially when i sleep i want to be able to grow in live streaming it as soon as you turn off the live stream you're basically done if you don't have anything else no one else really knows about you if you're not you know on social media or doing things off stream that will really help you grow as a streamer yeah okay i and i can see that it it sounds like kind of one of those ideas of like know people invest so that their money works for them but your investment's not monetary it's it's time you you want your time spent to work for you and time spent on live streaming only works for you in the time that you are live streaming exactly but your time working on youtube or or edited content in general that's time that's like Okay, once the video is pushed out and it's part of the algorithm, it continues to work for you regardless of what you like. You're already on to the next project, but that previous project's still pumping out numbers. Exactly. And like, to be honest, I'm not getting any younger. My time is getting more limited. And I'm sure that a lot of people can relate. You know, we settle down, we have families, we have <laughs> obligations. And we even saw it with Dr. Lupo, I believe. Like he made the switch to YouTube. He got the bag. I believe he's doing less hours than he was on Twitch. 
so he can spend more time with his family and still have a healthier work-life balance. I feel like streaming eight to 10 hours a day, if that's your thing and it works, then it works, right? But for me, I can't stream eight to 10 hours a day. That's a long time. And I feel like if I can be more productive and be more efficient with kind of how I grow, then I can have more time and I can grow even while I'm asleep. So it's like almost like a win-win. I think that the, the payoff there is like, when you do go live, you, you've, you've put so much time and effort into other pieces that grow your name and your, your brand that when you do go live, that's where you see the payoff. You know, you, you see the payoff in, oh, I really liked his, you know, X video. I'm going to, I'm going to check out his live stream. And I think that especially with the initial onset of, excuse me, TikTok, I think a lot of creators saw a really good turnaround. Um, I, and I, I would, I would, the one that, that really springs to mind for me is Mr. Gibbon. Mm-hmm. Like I started seeing his TikToks constantly. And then I started like, he'd started popping up in, in like the suggested, you know, channels. And, and it was like every day his audience was a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And so I think that like the, the, this perspective that you're presenting of like, don't spend so much time live streaming because the, the environment has changed. Yeah. It has evolved and the time spent streaming no longer has the same ROI that the time that, that it used to. Yeah. Definitely. If, if you stream like six hours a day, five days a week, I would definitely recommend cutting down those either take off a day, reduce the number of hours and take the same amount of time you would have spent streaming anyways, and just make content out of it. You're already streaming. You're already recording. You have it all there. If you stream with that kind of mindset that streaming is kind of your recording session, then you've already done most of the work. You just have to get the content there and like frame it in a way that it's easier for you to edit. So usually that's why I do a lot of Tarkov like VoIP interactions, just like Mr. Gibbon. He does a lot of interactions on Daisy or, or Tarkov or whatever. And that worked out really well for him because people love watching a storyline. People love watching you meeting somebody, you know, is it going to turn out good? Is it going to turn out bad? Are you going to get out together? Are you going to fight each other? Like what's going to go on? And that's kind of the way that you can take streaming and turn it into something that you'll be able to use more than just during the stream time. It's really interesting that you said reframe your live streams as recording time. Because I think a lot of people are like, well, I don't have time to live stream and edit and then also record, you know, edited content. And I think that if you approach your live stream as if it is going to inevitably become edited content, there, like, I, I would say that you have successfully shown that that can be done in a way that is still entertaining live, but allows you that 
that freedom of using it as edited content. Yeah, for sure. And also like the audience could benefit from that as well. If you are on, let's say, because you're in your recording mood, you're not just going to sit back and be kind of complacent and just stream because it's chill and things like that. <laughs> like if you want to wind down, obviously you can stream, but if you're looking to grow your stream and, and find more ways to use that in other places like YouTube, TikTok, then you should record it. Like I never record off stream. <clears throat> um, I only do and edit the content that I've already live streamed. So I just pull the VOD, I just get the clips, and I only use that content because I don't really have time to re-record or or make offline content, turn on the camera for like a, a recording. But if it's already there, and in my mind, I already have an idea of what I wanna do, I just click my Stream Deck highlighter button and it just pops it into my VOD so I know to look back at it after. And then that way I'm kind of killing two birds with one stone. Um, so you said your stream deck highlighter button. What are some, what are some other tools that you use to kind of streamline the, um, the, the getting the footage from where it's at to the final product? Um, well, I have the, uh, the highlight button and I also have just a, a clip button. So that does help me quite a bit. To be honest with you, most of my Stream Deck stuff is other scenes like my end raid videos, my welcome raiders videos, the little skits that I have on yeah, my stream. Your little commercials and stuff. Yeah, the little commercials, because those commercials actually help me a lot because I always go to the bathroom during the commercials. I sprint over there and it, I get one minute break, just get up and move around and I can come back and everyone loves it. But little do they know I'm using that time to kind of reset and get ready for the next raid. I like that. You're, you're building in time for yourself to not have to be on, as you say. Yeah, I think that nowadays the attention span of people has gotten a lot smaller sure. and I even read somewhere that the average attention span is about seven seconds long. And if nothing happens within seven seconds, somebody can do something else or get distracted or think <laughs> about something else, which makes it kind of difficult for long form content. Um, but it does make it easier for short form content because it gives you an idea of how to pace your content so that people don't get like lazy or distracted or want to click off of it because nothing's happening within those seven seconds. Yeah, I, I, I think to go along with that, there's also this idea of like um, pacing right like everybody's seen that movie where the pacing's just off and it's just action 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 and your your eye gets just weary of trying to keep up with everything yeah and so like building in this these moments of like okay it's it's a commercial break you know 
whether they enjoy the commercial so they're going to stick around or they're like, okay, it's a commercial break. I'm going to run and go pee. Like, yeah, that kind of paces your stream out and allows your audience to have that take a break moment kind of along with you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, usually um, I'm sitting down for a long period of time. If you're on the computer watching, you might be also be sitting down for a long period of time. And I remember watching CDN the third and <laughs> funny, funny stream. Right? I love that guy. And he said, okay, chat, we're all going to clean our computers. Ready? I'm going to do it. You guys are going to do it too. Everyone grab a paper towel and just start wiping down your PC. And he was getting everyone in the audience, trying to hype them up to get up and move and do something. And it was really funny because it feels like a way to one, have the pacing kind of change the rhythm a little bit to like keep you on your toes and two gets people moving. And it kind of adds this level of community that we're all doing something together and we're getting herded to doing something positive for ourselves at the same time. So like I've had a lot of uh, influences, I guess, from people like CDN, the more joking type of content creator. Uh, and that's helped me a lot with my journey and trying to figure out what kind of content creator that I wanted to be. It's, it's really funny that you bring that up as far as like a community thing that that isn't like a community day thing but it's like a thing that we're all doing it reminds me of a of a joke of a, a stand-up comedian where he he's telling this joke and he's like you know if we all clenched our butt at the same time no one would know whether or not we actually did it or not and then he's like okay ready everybody do it uh, i'm gonna count to three and everybody do it and so he counts to three and he's like did you guys do it did you guys do it i couldn't tell and so like it's one of those things where it's like you get to be a part of something, even if it's just goofy. Exactly. It's, the, it's like a camaraderie. Like, it brought us closer together because we all clenched our butt cheeks. Right. Right? So, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that that's, I think that that's, I, I've never, I, I, will, I will be honest, throughout this entire podcast, you have brought so many things to my attention that I've just never thought of before. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I think that there's a certain way to look at content. And a lot of people will say, like, oh, I, like, I want to build, like, a good community and things like that. But it's also really hard to build a community that's very uh, tight-knit. And obviously, the larger you grow, the more difficult it is. But there are small things, like, doing like a little cleanup together, everyone getting up and stretching at the same time, like things like that, that may seem a little goofy or cringy, but you know, if you can get someone to get up and move around and things like that, then I feel like that's success. It's different. You know, I, I think you got to be different, especially yeah. nowadays. I mean, yeah, I mean, the idea of like, I want to build a community. Everybody says that, right? Like, yeah, everybody on Twitch wants to build a community. That's what they're there for. Yeah. So I think the the how is your differentiator, right? How do I accomplish this? Um, exactly. What is it that you see as being Will Des's next step? 
what is it that you want to do to continue to evolve your content? Because obviously, you know, you said, I'm not getting any younger, although, you know, there's, I mean, tactical grandma, is there's <laughs> toast rack, there's all kinds of people there on go, there that, yeah. are, that are older than you that are still making it work. So like, what is it? Uh, here's the thing. It's like, I don't see you ever not doing something where you're in front of the camera or in front of an audience. Well, funny you say that. Um, before I made um, any TikToks or streamed, I actually made a lot of videos and I was pretty active on YouTube as a hip hop dancer. So I used to make hip hop dance videos. Um, you have a favorite I, dance? I used to be a sea walker. <clears throat> okay. So I, I know what that is. I've, I've never successfully sea walked, but I know what that is. Yeah. I used to do it all the time. You know, when I was first learning, it was through YouTube, YouTube, it was in its infancy. I believe 2006 is when I started making videos and I was watching a YouTube video. I would be in the garage trying to step looking like I was just tripping over my own feet. My mom walks out into the garage and says, oh, I wish our family had some dancing genetics in us. <laughs> and I'm like, thanks, mom. Thank you. Hey, at least she's saying like nobody can dance. She's not like, wow, you're the only one who didn't learn how to dance. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it even worse. So I've been making videos for a really long time. Like I, I, I don't know. There's something that about making videos and being creative and sharing kind of the humor that I have with other people that really drives me to just keep making content. Um, and as far as my next steps, you know, I want to age gracefully. I don't want to be somebody that's trying to fit in with a type of content or niche that I'm not really driven by. Sure. And, you know, I, I feel like I don't, I don't want to have a dig at people that metal detect, but it's a, a recent hobby that I'm really getting into. So I got a bunch of equipment and I've done a couple live streams um, to test it out. And I want to start making TikTok and YouTube content. And in my personal opinion on YouTube, all the metal detectors I've found fit a very specific type of criteria. And I'm just going <laughs> to leave it at that. That is the kindest way you could have said that. <laughs> they are, they fit a bell curve. Um, I definitely want to be kind of like my personality brought into something that is more old school and for a specific type of audience to kind of freshen it up a bit. Yeah. And, you know, I want to be like the millennial treasure hunter. And I feel like the millennial treasure. Oh my God. That's such a great name. <laughs> it's such a great name. Yeah. I, I even um, just finished the logo. It's like a pirate flag with my current logo with a skull and crossbones on it. And, you know, I'm going to be walking around with a bucket hat and my metal detector. And I want to make really good style content that fits more with like the millennial slash Gen Z 
flow of content and this is what our... this is what i'm picturing uh-huh ace ventura with a metal detector exactly that's exactly what i'm going for and it's gonna be definitely different than what you're used to sure <laughs> but that's what's driving me i don't know i feel like video games is tough it's a tough sphere to be in it is a tough sphere to be in and i think it's like it there's like um well first of all i, I think what your transit or picking up metal detecting i don't know if you're fully transitioning over to that or if it's like a you know however you decide to do that but i mean look at pestily right he full-time tarkov streamer now he's he's doing like a bucket list to to you know hit the highest peaks in a bunch of different countries mm. and like he's not been on tarkov in forever and but he's still out making content like the the youtube videos are amazing of him and you know these guys just going to these towns and these out of the way places and just wanting to like scale these peaks before you know check it off a bucket list so i think that i i think that that's I think that that's gonna you're gonna see a lot more people moving in that direction. I think that IRL is king in terms of content because it's almost like it is the life that we can't live. You get to live and vicariously through other people. We get to live vicariously through other people. Like if I'm metal detecting, we are metal detecting. You know, right. we're and, gonna and find like, that treasure. Maybe I'm not as enthusiastic about metal detecting as you are mm -hmm. but like i i'm not a i'm not a diver right but i watch this guy dive and he talks about, like he he creates like a whole storyline of like this is what we did diving today and um there's a there's another guy on tiktok that does like um he's like a young professional and and he's like a day in the life of like a 30 year old whatever and he and he just he just lays out his day and but he does it in a way that is so engaging that you like even if like i'm never going to be as organized as he is but watching his day and the organization that he has is just fascinating yeah it's like intoxicating to yeah. watch someone live a life that is way more organized definitely more difficult for me to live because i ain't getting up at six in the morning to go Count work out. out to go work out yeah. i'm not doing that you're out of your mind ain't no way you can keep doing that on tiktok i'm staying in bed so i'm gonna like, watch it on tiktok <laughs> exactly and i'm like you too i'm one thing that i've been watching recently is there's this guy on youtube and i watch him every night and he goes to casinos with a team and they are card counters they're like card counting team like the movie 21 and it shows his process of starting with like $450,000 through his whole team invested into the project, going to different casinos, card counting, getting caught, getting kicked out, and like the ups and downs in the life of a card counter. I have seen, I think I've seen this guy. Cause like he, like he taught, like at one point he, you know, he gets caught and he kind of talks about like the comparison of like, what it was like to get caught at this casino versus this casino and you know how nice they were versus like yeah. they're just kicking me out type of thing i think they got pushed to all of our our algorithms and i just clicked on it and i was hooked and that got me away from my 
survival YouTube video binging because that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> people surviving in sub-zero temperatures or <laughs> self-camping behind a sign overnight. I don't know what it is about those these types of videos, but I always am fascinated by people that are living such on the edge and filming it that yeah because i know i'm never going to do that so i'm right, just curious sure. to see what it's like I, I think there's also like an aspect of it of, is like you get to try a bunch of things without actually having to invest in a bunch of things you get to try to be a card counter like you're sitting there you're watching him do these things you're listening to him talk and you're like trying to keep up and you're like okay like i could do this and then you're like no i can't do this <laughs> yep Oh, I get stranded on an island. I know how to make a a, a bow drill. Right. I watched this guy. I watched this guy make a bow drill like six times. I think I could do it. Yeah. No. The first thing I'm doing is I'm crapping my pants and I'm crying and I'm asking for help, even though no one's around me. That's all I'm doing. Listen, I'm gonna try to find a volleyball and put my hand on it. So that's about that's about <laughs> the extent of what I know about surviving on, on an island is Wilson and 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 handprints. So there you go. There you go. We got it. I think um I think what I want to know most is we kind of talked about who you are and where you're going. I think the thing that I want to know most before we close out is how did you get here? Um well you asked me to be on your podcast, so I kind of <laughs> All right, fair. That's fair. That's, that's an an that's an answer. Um I think that I've always been driven deep down inside to create content not for other people but always for myself. Because okay. when I started uh dancing, when I started uh making TikToks, when I started streaming, it's always been to kind of make content that I want to see. And I haven't really found too many people that are like me. Um, maybe that's a good thing because I don't know if the world's ready for two Wildezes, but I've taken the things that I love the most around me in terms of uh, comedy. Like, like I said, Ace Ventura, Jim Carrey has been a huge influence over my type of content um we've had uh streamers like tim the Tatman. we've had uh cdn the third we've had people that really mold the way that i am and i kind of use that to push me forward in a better way and i i make content that I want to make. So unfortunately that means that if I don't like making the content, I'm not going to do it anymore. So I played a bunch of games. As soon as I kind of got bored of the game, I kind of just left, which isn't really the smartest decision, but for my own mental health and for my own drive, it was the right decision. Yeah. And the same things with, uh, with Tarkov too. I love Tarkov to death. It is amazing. I've met so many amazing people the community for the most part is good. And I think that when I finally find my peace with Tarkov and move on to something different, I think that that's going to be okay. 
um, I don't need to be the biggest streamer or the most um, talked about or whatever to feel like I've been successful because I feel like I've been successful my whole journey and I'm doing it right now because I love it. And I do, honestly, I've talked with my wife about this. She's like, I don't think you're ever going to stop making content because regardless, there's always something that's going to drive me to keep making more and interest me. I'm on, I'm on her side on this one, not just because she's your wife and she's <laughs> right, but like you, I mean, just the way you talk about content, not just in like your analytical, like understanding of algorithms, but then like even understanding the algorithm, sometimes you're like, I'll just push a video. I know it's not going to do well, but it's something that I like. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is what differentiates people in this field of like, are you in it? for the fame and fortune are you in it for the love of the game yep and you definitely fall on the love of the game side of this i mean you your 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 passion to understand the algorithm and then say i still want to make this even if it doesn't fit the algorithm like that's that experimental like it makes me laugh and that's what matters thought process yep. And I think you're hundred exactly. percent right. There's not a lot of people who are like you, which makes you kind of this rare millennial treasure hunter. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll I do that. think, I do think that there is an aspect of that, that I don't like, even if you, you know, you know, you fall away from Tarkov, like I can't see you sitting there doing, not making, Content. like i said i mean i said it earlier i don't see you not being in front of a camera or being in front of an audience like you and it's not that i feel like you thrive on the audience but i think you thrive on this like idea of like what new thing can i do um so as we kind of wrap up i have i have a few more like quick questions yeah go for um, it um so the first one is, were you the class clown? Um, Growing up, were you, the, were you the class clown? I would say sort of. Okay. Because people would laugh with me and people would laugh at me. Um, I remember distinctly, you know, being an, an Asian Filipino immigrant coming to Canada, you know, I didn't have the greatest grasp of English and the nuances of reading. And I would say a word like salmon, like salmon, because it made sense to me. Right. And well, because people would, the English yeah. language is dumb like that. Because it doesn't make sense. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so the whole class was laughing at me and I kind of just took it and spun it into me laughing at myself too and embracing that kind of embarrassment and i think that the self-deprecating humor is like my brand of humor that sure. i like to do um mix that with a little bit of jim carrey's rambunctiousness and you basically have my style of content i i can definitely see it i can definitely see <laughs> I can see the influences of like Jim Carrey and uh you know Robin Williams and and like 
those those comedians that really played to that um what i consider to be nostalgia humor now because like that's the humor that i grew up with but like that kind of like character driven humor yeah it's almost like a caricature of a person yeah because they take what a normal person like a normal person's reaction and they like jack it up to 11 yeah yeah and that's why like i can't stream for a very long time i get exhausted very easily with the type of energy that i try to put out Mm -hmm. um and i could definitely see it as off-putting or aggressive to some people's senses like the overstimulation of all the sounds and scenes that i use but like I said, I'm driven by what I would want to watch, and unfortunately, that's the way that it comes out. I don't think that's unfortunate at all. I think that that's very, <laughs> I think that's very genuine of you. Um, so a follow up to that question is, if you had an evil twin, what would they be doing with all of this power that you have? <laughs> I had an evil twin. Oh, I know exactly what they would be doing because that's what my chat wants me to do all the time. Okay. They want me to be the opposite of how I am in the sense of my, my job more or less influences me to act a certain way. Okay. Which means I'm usually pretty PG 13 family friendly. Sure. And my chat, they crave. They crave that evil, rated cutting, Mildes <laughs> after dark, betraying people. Oh, they would feast on that. They're trying to take the wholesomeness out of you. Yeah, they want me. They want a Willis after dark, dark side. And you know what? Maybe it'll come out. You know, maybe. But I mean, we're just gonna. But have you to think you think your evil twin would just be Wildes after dark? 5 a.m. in the morning, just first thing wakes up and it's willed as after dark right away, huh? Oh, yeah. He would wiggle at you in Tarkov and then shoot you in the head. <laughs> Guaranteed. Oh, man. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so the last two questions are, um, do you have anybody that who do you who would you recognize as like your biggest supporter or or multiple people like who are the ones that really when you are unsure kind of are that pillar for you to lean on um i would 100% have to say my wife uh because she's she has seen me from the highest of highs you know, getting raided by Battlestate games, getting drops um, to the lowest of lows when I just have a horrible day and I just don't know what to do. And I'm contemplating, you know, stopping streaming and moving on to other things. She kind of grounds me in a way to help me step back from the situation and kind of rationalize and, and go through the whole thing. Um, because as we all know, content creation is probably one of the most difficult things that you can do as a job and you will never see, uh, 
like victory after victory. There's so much, so many highs, so many lows, and none of it's can be your fault too. You could do everything right and then it just won't work out. And there's a lot of things that really affect me. Um, especially when it's a loss after a loss after a loss and, and I'm down in the dumps. She kind of helps me get through it. And I mean, I've done it. I've done this for six years and I still go through it. You know, some days Twitch is bugging out. Tarkov is Tarkov. Uh, like things like even right now, my, my uh, ear cups, how it's giving me a headache because it's so like tight on my head, like things like that, they compound. And I'm just like, ah, I don't know if I could do it. Like today's not my day. And she'll be like, here, have some spaghetti. <laughs> yo spaghetti makes everything better when you can end the stream and there's a hot food waiting for you and someone to just listen to you vent that's all you really need you know it really yeah. gets you grounded and recalibrated and hopefully refreshed to move past whatever happened okay i really like that the last question I have is, do you have any shout outs you'd like to give anybody that any special people you'd like to recognize um, that are maybe in your community or, you know, have been a part of your journey that you, you know, just want to give them a shout out? Um, well, I'd like uh, to give a shout out to Part Panda uh, <laughs> or I don't count giving me a platform to kind of talk about myself <laughs> yeah and 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 talk about my journey and really provide me with like an introspective way of looking at how far i've come so that that does help me out a lot too like verbalizing it um and i think more people should do that more people should especially if they're on their lows look at all the good things that have come from how far they've come as well yeah um Big shout outs to the community that I have grown and especially my mods for bullying me every day. And <laughs> you deserve it. They're doing exactly what they need to do to keep me on my toes. Um, I've had people who have been sub to me. I had uh, someone named Ash who sub who has subbed to me for 56 months holy shit through almost like the, all the multiple games that i played over the years that's a lot of years yeah yeah and i have a few of them like that so william suki i think he's 53 months uh the wife who's been subbing to me against her will so uh big shout out to them as well and the tarkov community I think that I definitely grew a lot and learned a lot through the Tarkov community and all the people that I've had a chance to play with, all the people that I've a chance to interact with. Um, every time I switch a game or I move on to something new, I take something that I've learned from then and the people that I've met and I grow from it. So I think that every piece of the past is a chapter that sets me up for the next chapter. So I'm very, very, very grateful for everyone that I've met 
and the people that I'm going to meet, I'm very excited for. Awesome. Awesome. Um, any upcoming events that you want to talk about? Um, well, I do have a merch drop coming soon. Uh, you have a date picked that we I don't share? have a date picked. Okay. Because I'm going to align it with probably my first metal detecting video. Okay. So be on the lookout for that. I'm probably going to find a million dollars in gold treasure. So you don't want to miss it. Oh, okay. He set himself big for the first one. Um, yeah. So you don't want to miss that. And we're coming out with some nice uh, bucket hats, dad hats, all related to treasure hunting. Um, my just kind of going along with that logo that you talked about with like the skull and crossbones and yeah that's exactly what it is and my chat told me that i should have a catchphrase like show me the booty but i do not want to get arrested in public for screaming that (laughs) (laughs) oh god but all right that's fair that's fair okay you're gonna look out for that probably in august we're gonna come out with our first video and i'm very 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 excited for it and it's refueling and reigniting my content creation as of right now that's really exciting i i love to hear i love to hear the passion in your voice um where can people find you uh they can find me on twitch twitch.tv slash wildes i'm right now i'm on summer schedule so i'm live four days a week and i'm spending a day doing editing and i cut one day out i used to do five but i cut one day out so i could do editing and um treasure hunting six in the morning because apparently i need need to wake up that early to catch all the the good loot (laughs) um don't be getting into those common drops i can't stand when people just get common drops no no way i'm looking for those legendaries um twitter TikTok and YouTube all at Wildes official. And I'm pretty active on those. And um, if you find your way into my discord, I'm always hanging around in there because I have nothing better to do than to stalk my own discord. Okay. All right. Well, Wildes, it has been an honor and a pleasure. It is always wildly informative and, and a great joy to speak with you. Thank you for having me, Panda, as always. Of course. Well, chat, remember, you got to go out and find Wilda's official. And uh, when he finds a million dollars, be the first one in his DMs asking for a dollar. Okay? Exactly. Bye, chat. Thank you for listening. And uh, we love Parpanda around here. We do. We do. Remember, as always, be good to yourself and be kind to those around you. And we'll see you next time, guys. Bye.